Hey, hey, everybody, this is Nikki Bruno with the Epic Comeback Podcast, where warrior women who have been through total caca give you advice on how to get to the other side of yours. Today is like my favorite day because we're going to be talking to Bernadette Marciniak, who is a colleague of mine and a friend, and she has an amazing story. Bernadette, thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure and my honor. So Bernadette, I'm going to give you the mic to introduce yourself. Please let us know who you are and where you're from and how you stay busy during the day. Sure, so uh, my name is Bernadette. I am a brand photographer and strategist uh, in Los Angeles by way of New Jersey. Uh, I've been told that I can still keep saying I'm new to Los Angeles for another six months when it becomes two years, and then, uh, and then I guess I'm supposed to be a native Angelino. <laughs> um, and uh, what am I doing during the day? I market a lot, I work on um, my business, for most of it, um, serve, serving my clients, writing, um, and when I'm not doing that, I'm cuddling up with my cat and watching true crime docs on Netflix. Those are my favorite. I love that. Oh my gosh, that sounds like a really great life, and I love <laughs> what you're saying about being new to Los Angeles, because I'm at the five-month mark right now, and I totally get it. Like People here love it when you say that you're new. Mm -hmm. And I don't ever want to stop saying that I'm new. I know, I know me neither. I, it's been such a great like talking point because then people start asking you where you're from and that's a great conversation starter. It's, uh, it's going to stink when I, don't, when I can't say it anymore. Yeah, I totally hear you on that. Um, Bernadette, thank you for introducing yourself. As you know, this is a podcast by and for women who have gone through something really life-shattering so would you please share with us what happened in your life and what was the worst part? So it's definitely a um, milestone in my life, I would say. Um, about nine years ago, I was on a cross-country road trip with my best friend and we were pulling into Dallas uh, when I got the call that my father had passed away. Um, and so, just like that, my um, my ex my once in a lifetime experience of uh, of being on this trip uh, was shattered, and we had to book it back to um, to New Jersey, where I was living at that point. Um, and the death itself, um, huh, to me, it was not unexpected. It was no surprise to everybody else. It was. Uh, my dad battled with alcoholism throughout at least my entire uh, life, I'd say, um, and I guess he veiled it very well, so not everybody would have put two and two together, but I was very well aware. Mm -hmm. um, but to me, the worst part of it was that... Um, I started dating somebody to kind of like fill that void right after. Um, and I felt, I, now looking back at it, I feel like I was taken advantage of when I was vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was a very toxic relationship. And uh, I, when I think about it, I wonder if I never really just got to grieve my father and, um, and what happened on the trip. Uh, because I was dealing with that 
Um, so it was a double-edged sword there. It would like, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like double caca. Yeah. Like caca on top of caca after caca. <laughs> and I do want to say very, very genuinely that I'm sorry for the loss of your dad and am sending positive energy into the universe to him and in his memory right now. Um, and, you know, it's interesting how we all have ways of handling stress and handling trauma and um, kind of self-soothing. And what you're saying about getting involved in a relationship that happened to be toxic, um, it sounds like, and I don't want to put words into your mouth, but it sounds like to some extent it was a distraction from, um, from the grieving that you're saying now that you're not sure you ever did. Is that fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I, you know, when I look back at it now, I wonder how I would grieve if I would have felt a little bit more remorse because in the moment I was kind of just like, well, could have told you this was happening. And I, I kind of wish I had a different experience um, and that I would have um, honored my father a little bit more um, after his passing. You know, now that time has gone by, I definitely have given him that space in my heart. But, um, you know, I, I, they say everybody grieves their own at their own pace and their own way uh, I don't know that I got to I hear you I hear you and and yes and yes that that is true from what I understand of grief and the process doesn't look the same for everyone and it certainly can happen over time and also that the opportunity to grieve in a way um, is always up is always open um, and I think I think too that no matter how you how you approached it when it happened, it still takes that that kind of survival, like that just kind of that survival instinct to get through it, and mm -hmm. even to get through the time. Whether you're whether you're processing the emotions or grieving or not, kind of actively, there still is a type of warrior energy that comes about simply by getting through getting through that trauma and surviving it. And my next question is, it's an interesting question in the context of our conversation, because my next question is, it, what, what's the best thing about being where you are now, as opposed to where you were when you were going through the worst of it? And what's the best thing about being on that other side of going through something so hard? And I think it's important to mention that healing the healing process can happen over a period of years. It's not something that's like, okay, I'm going to spend two months healing and then, I, and then I'm done. So I'm going to kind of just ask you in a more open-ended way, um, what's, where are you with the process now? And what are, what are some of, the, what are some of the, the positives that you've been able to bring to your, um, kind of like your relationship with your dad and his passing? So that's interesting because I didn't even really recognize the fact that um, that relationship kept me from grieving the way I would have wanted to until recently. Mm -hmm. So in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm opening the, the, the wound back up um, to, to be able to address all those emotions um, that I feel have popped up 
uh, throughout the years. And I just kind of pushed them aside because I felt enough time had passed. Um, so in a way, it's like almost rebirthing the, uh, the whole grieving process. Um, and it's funny because there's a part of me that is sometimes, now that I'm like, I'm still on the other side of things after his death and, and in the um, throes of this relationship, I, um, I was in a really bad spot. I was depressed uh, for years um, clinically and it like got to a really, really low point. And I sometimes ironically get nostalgic for those times mm. because I've overcome it um, or, or I, I've at least come out on the other side. And so I know that it's doable. Whereas who knows what's to come next? I feel like, you know, yes, I've been equipped with the, the tools and the mindset work to, to deal with it, but you, you know, it's, it's always going to be new. Whereas whatever, uh, tough stuff I dealt with in the past, you know, I, I know that I, I, I ha was victorious. Mm. That is really fascinating. Um, so now that you are on the other side of at least the, the, the depression that you were talking about, I feel like this, I feel like this next question is, is a unique opportunity. Um, what is a piece of advice that you would give to women who are going through the, the caca right now, who are in that crisis place right now? And it sounds to me like there are some elements of the way that, of your path to handling the situation that you were in, that maybe you would, you wish that you had integrated at that, at that time. So what are some of those, what are some of those kind of bits of advice and maybe inspiration and hope that you could give to women who are going through a loss right now? So at the risk of kind of almost contradicting myself a little bit um, to my last answer, the greatest thing that I've learned is that um, it's never really a victory. It's always a process. And whether, because I, I vividly remember um, the first time I felt like I had overcome the depression. And when it came back, it came back. 10 times harder mm -hmm. and so you know i'm not saying that that there um isn't hope to you know get out on the other side but um just recognizing that there's always something that can um bring you right back and that's not a failure it just means that you're still on on that road putting one foot in front of the other and just kind of looking at things as not win or lose, but um, coping, to, to learn how to cope with it and, and uh, you know, get yourself into the right mindset to be able to deal with it when it happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what I was hearing earlier is that it sounds like, it sounds like you are in a place where you're much better able to cope than you might have been years ago. And 
what that means is that you, you know, you bring new skills to the grieving process and that there's, there's something in the grieving process that is opening up for you again now, and that you have new resources, new and newer and better resources to, to perhaps more confidently go through that and kind of know that you're going to know that you're going to get through it because you've done it before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in the past, I probably would have tried to shove those feelings down or away Mm -hmm. and not deal with them. Whereas now I'm in a place where I'm kind of fascinated with the realization and, and being so radically aware of what's going on that it's like, okay, all right, this is the place that I'm in. And we're going to journal on this or meditate or whatever it is, you know, that I feel like doing at that time and um, work from there. Uh, Whereas in the past, I would have just considered it a failure um, because I hadn't overcome it. That's, that's, that's huge. I mean, to me, that just speaks of evolution. You know, it speaks of growth and it speaks of evolution and it's, and, and learning. And, and the fact that now you're fascinated by, it sounds like the you know, realization that you've had about yourself, that shows self-awareness and that shows self-compassion. Um, another question I have is you were talking about how when you're, you know, when you're, when you're, when you have feelings and you want to explore and express them, you might write in your journal, you might meditate. Um, during your grieving process, um, either back around the time of your dad's death or since then, what have been some external sources of support that have been helpful to you, if any? Um, well, even though I am a photographer now, my background has always been writing. So writing was an external, uh, it, it was an outlet. Um, I actually remember I wrote a uh, short story um, a few days after his death and I continued working on it for like the next month or two with the hopes of having it published in the modern love section of the New York times. I never sent it in cause now I look back at it and I'm like, eh, I don't know about that. <laughs> uh, but writing was definitely my outlet. Um, aside from that, I would get lost in something on TV so that I could, fall into somebody else's fantasy life and not have to deal with mine, which, you know, it's, that's an okay thing to do in, in the moment. If you're just looking for something to, to distract your mind, cause you might not always be able to process the feelings in the moment and that's okay. That is so, so true. I mean, in a way that's kind of part of the definition of what happens to us when we go through trauma and we might not even remember it. It's like, my impression is I'm not a psychologist, I'm not a social worker, and I haven't studied trauma in depth. Um, But my understanding is that um, our reaction to trauma is to some extent our body and our brain protecting ourselves from such deep emotion and such deep fear potentially that that we're not ready to experience yet that we're not that we're just not quite not quite ready for and that could come that could come along down the road so that's such a good point that that maybe the the feelings themselves or the depth of the feelings um, are something that we're we're not we're, we're just not ready to to face yeah absolutely absolutely yeah yeah 
Well, Bernadette, I want to ask you something about being epic because we're all about being epic on this podcast, which is if you could have any superpower that you don't already have, what would it be? I think I'd want unwavering confidence. Mm. Um, that, like, that is a superpower in itself. And I feel like um, we as entrepreneurs, we as female entrepreneurs especially, uh, struggle with this a lot. And if I could wake up every single morning with all the confidence in the world, uh, that would feel pretty awesome. I'll say, yeah. If you could bottle up confidence, you'd be making a lot of money. <laughs> All right. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Bernadette, thank you so much for being my guest today. Where can we find you online, you and your business? Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me on my website, BernadetteMerciniak.com. And I hang out on Instagram the most. And that's just my name, uh, Bernadette Marciniak. You can find me there. Okay, great. And I'm going to spell Marciniak. It's yeah. M-A-R. <laughs> C-I-N-I-A-K. So you can find Bernadette at BernadetteMarciniak.com or Bernadette Marciniak is her handle on Instagram. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So this is Nikki Bruno with Bernadette Marciniak on the Epic Comeback podcast. For more great ideas on staging an epic comeback in your life after a life-shattering experience, and I specifically, I specifically focus on divorce in my coaching work, please go to theepiccomeback.com.